0: This is New Times Radio. This is Jill Kotu for Topenga New Times, reading my article, The Feast of the Seven Fishes. Tell me you've seen The Bear, FX's Emmy nominated masterpiece about an Italian American family and a Chicago greasy spoon made good. Last season, we saw our hero, Carmi, inherit a sandwich shop, struggle with making sense of family drama. And learn to live gracefully in spite of it all. This season, we step inside his backstory, most notably in the Talked About Fishes episode. For those of you who need further explanation, Episode 6 of The Bear Season 2 goes back in time to Carmi's childhood home, where loved ones have gathered for the Feast of the Seven Fishes. This is a good time to clarify that most feasts aren't as packed with drama and chaos as the aforementioned on-screen depiction, Though, if you're into that kind of thing, Jamie Lee Curtis delivers a spectacular performance, guest-starring as Carmi's mother. And if there's any justice in this world, she will take home some accolades during awards season. I digress. The Feast of the Seven Fishes is an Italian-American tradition celebrated on December 24th, Christmas Eve, with an abundance of seafood. Traditionally, Roman Catholics abstain from meat on the eve of major holidays— and the Roman Catholic Church has been the dominant religion in Italy for over 1,500 years. The feast here in the States was started around the turn of the 20th century by immigrants wishing to feel close to the old country. The meal consists of seven different seafood dishes, the number seven being a nod to the seven Catholic sacraments, the seven hills of Rome surrounding the city, and the seventh day of rest in the Biblical creation story, though that's simply an educated guess, as there's no official documentation on what the number seven actually represents. Throughout history and across cultures, the human experience has called us to gather in celebration of simply being alive. One tradition after another, we mark the passing of time. It was Joseph Campbell who postulated that tradition is simply a ritual, And what is ritual if not the reenactment of myth? At the heart of his theory is the hero's journey and the idea that all myths have this common theme. A hero figure leaves home, has adventures in some other place, and then returns to the community with gifts to share. Every feast, steeped in rich tradition, has at its heart a cast of immigrant heroes. As I contemplate their journey from the boot to Ellis Island and beyond, and how exciting and perilous and often lonely it may have been, I acknowledge their deep desire for community. Each December, as their own adventures unfolded, they came together to share recipes, stories, and hope. It's difficult for me to put into words how much this meal means to me in my own family, and how it encapsulates the shared ancestral heritage of my husband and I. Ask anyone who knows me well what my favorite thing to talk about, shop for, or plan for is. They will tell you without hesitation. It is the subject of this article. Like any holiday tradition worth its salt, the Feast of the Seven Fishes is about so much more than food. It's about camaraderie, enhanced by music, festive decoration, love, and laughter. It's the cultivation of sense memory, the sound of Louis Prima belting out tunes, the intoxicating smell of oil and herbs and wine and pine, the glow of candles and white lights on the tree. For brevity's sake, I am going to focus on the culinary pursuits my paisans and I are about to undertake. I have family in the Midwest to do a fried feast with offerings that include battered and oil-cooked smelt, calamari, bacala salt cod, and crab cakes. I know of East Coasters who do a high-end lobster feast. Ours is a California kitchen hybrid, with something for everyone. Which is to say, there are many versions of the Feast of the Fishes, none of them wrong, and all of them delicious. Cook's note. If you plan to attempt this menu, do yourself a favor and have some electric hot plates at the ready. I outline the day with a 15-minute increment schedule of events, including when some dishes are to be covered with foil and popped onto a food warmer. Others can be made in advance, such as salad dressing or parboiled risotto. Timing is everything. Finally, if you are lucky enough to be invited to such a meal, don't be a putz and bring an eighth fish. Show up with a nice panettone or tray of cannoli instead. Let's break it down. Antipasto. Octopus cold salad. Friends, here's where I cheat. I make an early morning pilgrimage to Santa Monica Seafood for many of the necessary ingredients, at which time I buy their prepared octopus salad. It is fantastic and I doubt I could improve upon the flavor. Another anapasto, gluten-free calamari. Ian's gluten-free panko breadcrumbs are my go-to. The company has been on a pandemic-induced hiatus. However, their products are slowly trickling back onto shelves and into Amazon carts. In my humble opinion, it is essential to use panko instead of traditional breadcrumbs to achieve a light, crispy texture. I also prefer to bake my calamari as opposed to the more traditional deep-frying method. Calamari turns tough when overcooked. The key is to bake slowly over low heat. Another tip, soak in milk or lemon juice for 30 minutes prior to cooking. This helps tenderize the squid. Amuse-bouche. Caviar. There is a small shop, absolute caviar, tucked away in Sherman Oaks with a great selection of caviar. They have Beverly Hills and Calabasas locations as well. Primo, glorious linguini with clams. My mother-in-law's recipe is always a crowd-pleaser, but I can't give away her secret. Editor's note, we do hate to disappoint, so we've adapted a New York Times cooking recipe using canned clams that we have found excellent for the occasion. Mix four to six servings. Ingredients are as follows. One pound linguine. Quarter cup extra virgin olive oil. Five garlic cloves, thinly sliced. Half to one teaspoon red pepper flakes. Half teaspoon dried oregano. Half cup dry vermouth or dry white wine. Two 10-ounce cans whole baby clams with their juices. Salt and black pepper to taste. Two tablespoons unsalted butter. Two teaspoons lemon zest. Half cup chopped Italian parsley. Directions. Bring a large pot of salted water to a boil. Add the pasta and cook until two minutes short of al dente. It will finish cooking in the sauce. Reserve half-cup pasta water, then drain pasta. While the pasta cooks, make your sauce. Heat the oil in a deep-sided 12-inch skillet over medium. Add the garlic, red pepper flakes, and oregano, and cook until garlic is golden one to two minutes. Add the vermouth and simmer until reduced by half, three to four minutes. Stir in the clams with their juices and cook until just warmed through, one to two minutes more. Add the cooked pasta directly to the skillet along with the butter and lemon zest and toss until the butter has melted and the pasta is glossy with sauce. If needed, add quarter cup reserved pasta water. Stir in half the parsley. Serve pasta topped with a drizzle of olive oil, if desired, and the remaining parsley. Serve lemon wedges alongside if you like. Secondo, Mediterranean halibut. This was my father's favorite. I used to make it for him every time my folks visited California. I don't remember where I first came across the dish. Though it is not my creation, I have made it my own. Serves for. Ingredients as follows. One and a half pounds halibut fillets. Two cups tomatoes, canned, diced, and drained. Three quarter cup pitted calamata olives three tablespoons capers, drained, two tablespoons olive oil, two garlic cloves, minced, two shallots, minced, one teaspoon good balsamic vinegar, preferably the syrupy kind, one eighth teaspoon red pepper flakes, those are optional, six to eight fresh basil leaves, torn, and fresh ground black pepper. Directions, heat oil in a large saute pan over medium high heat. Lightly season the fish with salt Then add fillets to the pan and sear until they have gold color, about four minutes. Turn over fillets, reduce heat to low, and cook one minute. Remove fish to a plate to keep warm. Add garlic and shallots to the pan and cook, stirring for one minute. Add tomatoes, olives, capers, red pepper flakes if using, vinegar, and half teaspoon salt. Sauté one minute. Increase heat to medium and simmer for two to three minutes until vegetables are cooked through and sauce is bubbly. Add fish back into sauce now during the final minutes of cooking. Transfer fillets to a platter, spoon sauce over fish and sprinkle with fresh pepper and basil leaves. Serve immediately. Contorno to accompany main course. Bitter green salad. An anchovy dressing provides the final fish in our count, and is wonderful on arugula, frisee, dandelions, or chicory. I love the one from Stanley Tucci's cookbook, The Tucci Table. Ingredients as follows. Four to eight canned anchovy fillets rinsed. One clove garlic. Salt and fresh ground black pepper to taste. Two tablespoons freshly squeezed lemon juice. Quarter cup extra virgin olive oil. And special equipment, mortar and pestle. Directions. Chop the anchovies into small pieces and place them in a mortar. Using a pestle, mash them together with the garlic. Season with pepper and stir in the lemon juice. Add the olive oil and stir until emulsified. You shouldn't need any salt thanks to the anchovies, but taste to see if you'd like to add some anyhow. Dolce. Oranges marinated in liqueur. Recipe serves four. Ingredients as follows. Four large oranges, quarter cup granulated sugar, six tablespoons orange liqueur. That's it. Directions, peel the oranges, remove as much pith as possible. Cut the ends off the oranges, slice each one into rounds, and remove the seeds. Arrange in a dish. Sprinkle with sugar and spoon liqueur over fruit. Chill for at least one hour, up to twelve. Well, folks, that's it. Please see my Spotify playlist, Topanga Feast of the Fishes, for musical accompaniment. This is New Times Radio.